0: Uh, we've got uh, Peter Yu online. He is the executive director of Yaru Baru. It's uh, been very much the topic of conversation with COVID-19 being discussed or the coronavirus as uh, people are kind of scared or what will happen if uh, they get it. We've been listening to uh, stories from other parts of the country and uh, taking note of what's been happening around uh, the world. It's uh, certainly a time of uncertainty, which is ex- exactly what what uh, Peter would like to uh, talk more about. Uh, Only a few weeks ago we were talking to Natasha Matsumoto. She was uh, busily putting together elder packs. Uh, Natasha works with the oldies and people with disabilities at Nyaru Nyambaburu, and the feedback I've gotten from those that have received uh, these packs along with information and wish uh, medicines in them have been just uh, overwhelmingly pleased that they've just been thought of in uh, this time of scariness Peter, hello. Welcome. Thanks for ringing in.
1: Hi, Sandy. Uh, yes, uh, it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. It's been, as you say, quite a few months, even perhaps longer since we've had a chat, but it's always nice to talk to you.
0: It is. It's. I know you're, you're fairly busy at that, but uh, coronavirus has brought us together and brought a lot of people together. Uh, there's lots of conversations being had, and you'd just like to be able to uh, put some information out there as you've been already a step ahead with your oldies and people with disabilities by supplying them with elder packs some weeks back.
1: Yes, well, uh, uh, the credit has to go to our community development unit. Um, you mentioned Natasha, Chancellor Sloan is our manager, uh, there took over recently from uh, Bruce Goring, who's now over Victoria. We've also had uh, obviously Di uh, Appleby. Um, we've had Natasha. We've had um, uh, Marie Edgar. We've had uh, Loidy um There's. Uh, I'm. 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 going <laughs> to. I'm. sure I'm going to miss out somebody, which would be highly unfortunate. But they know who they are. The people that have been involved in putting them together. But uh, you know, this is a uh, a unique opportunity uh, for us to do something special for our community. Uh, I mean, our people live pretty hard anyway, uh, but I think the uh, the idea of being able to provide supplementary bush tucker and uh, medicines that might uh, assist to help with the immune system, I mean, you know, uh, there will be speculations about the science of it all, but in reality we know uh, from our own stories and history uh, in with Bush Tucket and Bush Medicine, uh, that uh, um, they've been uh, with our community for generations and generations, and uh, certainly uh, it's very pleasing to, to see how that's been um, a welcome by the seniors that we've been able to provide support. There have also been a number of other parties uh, Coles and uh, Yida, Meath, uh, uh, and others have been uh, sponsoring and helping us provide support for that. So we're currently trying to. See if we can get further. Obviously, it's it's uh, it's it's cost money, so we have to see where we can get further uh, sponsorship from. Uh, we're starting also uh, today some cooked meals from our cafe. We've had to close that for a while, but Lenny Tangway, our, our local chef, um, is, um, is will be preparing meals now. Cook meals, so we'll be able to take out as well too. So uh, it, it's a small part of our contribution to make sure that our uh, community stays. Uh, well and safe and are secure uh, in terms of uh, their movement and in terms of, um, you know, limiting their access and um, mitigating, I guess, the risk of them uh, con- contacting this, um, uh, this COVID-19. Um, yeah.
0: I understand that a lot of your staff at the moment are also working from home.
1: Well, I made a decision uh, very on about uh, two odd weeks, just over two weeks ago, to close the office. Um, I thought in the circumstances it was the best way for us to show example in terms of self-isolation, uh, to follow the official rules and directives that have been put out by government and the health experts. Um, we're in uncharted waters and unknown territory, um, and it's better to be safe than sorry, as the old saying goes. Um, and I wanted to make sure that, uh, first and foremost, our uh, staff... Uh, were are protected. Uh, we're in a secure environment and had all the information available to them. So we've closed that office. I, From last Friday, I extended that for another four weeks and we've got Easter in the middle of it. So um, we'll review that decision but at the moment. The office is closed till about Wednesday the 6th of May and then I'll review that decision closer to the time. Uh, what we've done is we've also um, set up our offline uh, capacity so that the, the, our staff can continue to work at home uh, we, like any other organisation right across the country, have to reassess our current um, operational position um, and in terms of our ability to remain viable during this challenging time. Because um, the whole, we know that you know the whole economy is down, and we've we've seen the government respond with those uh, stimulus packages to try and keep as many people uh, employed and active as possible. Well, um, you know we. Uh, the situation with uh, Aboriginal organisations uh, right across the entire nation would be in the same position. So we have to... uh, I'm not sure that there is enough consideration given to the specific circumstances that Aboriginal corporations face given that a lot of corporations are on grant funding. uh, And a lot of those grant fundings will be uh, coming, expiring, probably around 30th of June. So what the security of that future new financial year, the next couple of financial years will be critical. Uh, what we don't, it's taken 40 years to build up our capacity since, uh, you know, public policy and Aboriginal affairs area was started and so that um, um, we don't want to find ourselves in a situation where organisations are falling over because they don't have the um, the resources or the income to be able to maintain their governance and management so we're kind of like um, back at ground zero again, starting up again and uh, we're all confronted with this possibility because of this uh, the consequence of this this disease, the the, um, corona COVID-19 virus, um, we have to think very seriously about how we steel ourselves at the moment to make um, the right decisions to uh, lock down and to make sure our business keeps going. There will be some hard decisions to to be made from a management point of view, but then what we have to do is not dwell on that. What we have to do is to look at resetting our plan, our strategy, to what we do when we come out the other end uh, we need to think very strategically about what is required to enable us to do that. But I, th- we, I think everybody understands and recognizes that we're in a completely new environment, and a completely new world, um, so the world is not going to be the same for us after this. What that means for us, how it affects our personal lives, our family lives, our working lives and our businesses will have to be reassessed. And so in some ways we have to uh, lock down pattern down the hatches now, but at the same time uh, prepare ourselves for when we come out after the storms pass.
0: And that's very much something you'd, you'd like to share with other Aboriginal organisations, businesses.
1: Well, I, I think it's crucial. I, I think it's crucial. You know, we um, we are the majority landholders right across Northern Australia. and You have to look at the Kimberleys, the number of uh, pastoral properties, the number of um, um, uh, reserves, the old ancient reserves, the number of lands we've got as a result of that decryptal termination. Um, we are the future of the, uh, of the northern economy. Uh, what we have to do is to work in partnership with government and the private sector so we can attract the level of uh, capital, the money, to be able to activate these assets. It, 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 so this is an opportunity for us now to think about how we might do that Uh, Coming out of this uh, this period with the uh, with the virus, because uh, we we're caught in a situation where we've got these assets, but we have no cash cash for, and we 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 need governments to come in and to set up a new work with us as partner with us to set up a new strategy, so that we can uh, activate these assets and contribute to the rebirth of the growth of the economy. Um, I think it really shows up uh, the fact that the whole question of food security. The whole question of energy, the whole question of ensuring that we sustain the uh, the values of the, um, the environments that we live in, um, so we don't um, um, we don't destroy them. We do development in, in the right way, uh, in a sustainable way. Uh, but what it shows that we could be if we get our act together and we uh, get our thinking caps on, and we and we cooperate and we plan together. Um, there could be tremendous benefit coming out of it. I, the, the irony of it all, Sandy, is that this virus doesn't discriminate. Um, and uh, the irony of it all is that we're all equal um, in it at the moment. So we are. Uh, the rules are changing of engagement uh, amongst ourselves. We need to set aside the petty political issues that have provided some undermining and division in our community and I'm talking not only locally but I'm also talking about how it operates within the political environment we need to set those things aside I think we've seen a new form of government emerging as a result of at the national level as a result of uh, the need to respond to this uh, very very serious challenge that we haven't had uh, in the world I think um, the historians would say probably till around 1917 of the uh, the the, 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 the influenza, the Spanish influenza, as they call it. But for, for us, particularly as the First Nation peoples, there is a particular concern we have to have in the Kimberleys about trying to contain this spread. Because, without wanting to sound too dramatic, but if you look at first settlements in 1788, uh, historians and other d- demographers will tell you that uh, Aboriginal population numbered roughly over a million or so of people. Today, we're only about 2.3% of the population, which is roughly about 300,000 or something like that. A lot of people died because of the spread of influenza. So as uh, the colonisers moved to colonise the land, take over the land, what went before them was the flu and other influenza and sickness that killed a lot of our people uh, as the the colony grew and and settlement spread. uh, Because people weren't immune. It was completely uh, an introduced um, illness. Now, the situation we know, and it's been out there very much in the public, that the concern with the Kimberley community is that we are a very vulnerable group of people because of our standard of health. Um, you know, the um, because of diabetes, uh, because of other um, uh, issues associated with uh, substance abuse, um, a whole range of other diseases that uh, are not necessarily prevalent in other mainstream communities, but we have it here. And the problem is that we've had a fairly ad hoc health system in the Kimberleys. What the coronavirus has done is show up that the health system in the Kimberley has been completely inadequate in dealing with our existing uh, vulnerability and illnesses. Um, and we're now reacting to that situation. And what I'm fearful of is if we don't move quicker to set up the infrastructure And to build the wraparound services to ensure that we can test and test everybody as quickly as possible because we need to... I think that's the only way, and that's certainly what the officials are telling us now, you've got to test, test, test. We've just had the uh, uh, clinic established at the hospital for people to go and test, and I would encourage everybody who has displayed any symptoms, sore throat, fever, coughing... Any of those uneasiness things that might be feeling making feel unwell to go and test straight away. Now, you don't need to phone in, you just need to go there if you've got any of those symptoms and get yourself tested. That is the only way that we will be able to contain the community trans- transmission part of this.
0: Peter, it's scary with. Guess some of uh, the main points that you've raised there for people to think about underlyingly, uh, our health is really uh, the main priority as Aboriginal people across the country, and it an important. Uh, comment you made uh, a few weeks ago in reference to being asset rich and uh, cash poor is uh, in reference to a decision by the Shire of Broome and knocking back a proposal with rezoning a residential area where uh, Yaru wanted to uh, turn. Utilize as a, a commercial spot for uh, uh, for retail and yep. being able yep. to utilize uh, that area uh, so that it could create some cash flow. Uh, uh, the The word you used there was uh, economic partide and it just. Perhaps looking back then, using strong words like that, it it, it just seems so re- relevant in 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 the message or the the thoughts that that you're sharing about uh, what we what little we have as Aboriginal people around the country in in money, in, in business to support ourselves yep. once we've come out the other end.
1: Uh, well, um, you know, it's, uh, historical lessons and if people study history will understand that we've, we've been deliberately locked out of the economy by actions of racist policies. Um, like uh, they're, they're kind of past but the effects of it uh, still remain the same because People like your parents and my parents and most local people's parents, Yarra people, or even those of um, mixed descent people in this town were not legally allowed to own land in this town, but we were excluded. There was a curfew. You had to apply to become an honorary wife. You had to um, not speak your language. You had to not uh, um, congregate or mix with your family or relations. Um, all those things, you, you couldn't have a job unless you had a, a, a doc ticket uh, be an honorary citizen. All those things conspired to mean that we were excluded from the economy we're excluded uh, from having jobs uh, unless as determined by our white masters that's the truth and reality of it reality of it Uh, the situation in relation to um, this uh, large proposed uh, retail outlet um, uh, the rezoning of it uh, was not just for Yarra. of course Yarra is in it we have to make money like anybody else we run a business uh, we have to generate the kind of revenue and make profits but it's not just for us. I mean, you know, what's good for Yarra is really good for, for, for the group of town and for the economy is concerned. And we understand we have to follow all of the regulation and the statutory rules around environmental and other planning, um, uh, you know, obligations that we have. And we've, we've, we've done that and we will continue to do that. The question is uh, that this has to go to the WA Planning Commission anyway. It would have been nice... Um, and uh, uh, expedient if the Shire could have decided to vote for it. You'd have to speak to the Shire about the issues that they have in respect to the question of um, uh, any deemed conflict uh, associated with the people voting on this. Um, you know, So it, that, that's that's for them to, their decision to make. Uh, it's unfortunate the decision they did make because I think um, uh, clearly if you look at the situation in Broome and look at the appropriate place, there is no more uh, other site... Uh, that would be more suitable. Um, I would argue that against uh, existing uh, town planning arrangements and those who might argue that there is available, I would argue very strongly on the merits and basis of the, of the need uh, to um, to have this site as a primary site for future development as something uh, important, not just for the area, but important for the whole room. And the other thing, of course, is that we always get attacked and criticised uh, for not Getting off our asses and doing something, and depending on government um, welfare money, which is all bullshit and, and untrue anyway. Um, but um, you know, there are the rednecks and the racists out there. I would hope that most of the Brim community isn't like that. But that uh, you know, we we we're, we're endeavouring, we're showing, we're showing the uh, the initiative, we're showing the endeavour, uh, and to not have the Shire understand what that is or what we're trying to do, uh, I think is disappointing.
0: Will you apply once they have that rezoning in 2022 to see if you could get that area um, turned into commercial?
1: Uh, Sandy, we're going through the process of now. We, we're required. We always are required to go to the WA Planning Commission. So we had about things, but I'm not sure exactly about 120 150 days uh, to go to the uh, to appeal to the WA Planning Commission to for that consideration. So we're in the process of of providing um, that submission to the planning commission com- for their consideration. Uh, we hopefully, hopefully they will uh, they will be able to uh, see the merits of our argument and support the rezoning.
0: And the other town matters that are before people at the moment is the safe harbour that seems to be up for public comment, and so is a five star caravan park for town beach at, at the moment.
1: Um, well, we've finally come to, this, to a, a, a position that parties have agreed on in relation to the boat harbour uh, down at, uh, at uh, New Jetty area there. That's taken quite a number of years, you know, over 20-odd years and many, many different site locations. Um, uh, you know, it's taken... Uh, Yaru work very closely with the Shire, um, with the recreational officials, um, with the Kimberley Development Commission, uh, and the uh, Department of Transport and the port and the port itself so it's been fairly intensive been going on for some time it's not something that has happened overnight um, we developed a mapping system called mola which is we overlay the value systems over the um, over the um, this proposed site and work out what the um, it's a heat map system identifying very sensitive environmental cultural and other social areas and uh, what we've done is to um, find the best possible compromise that we can uh, to um, minimise the impact on all of those areas, and that's what we've done. So YARA people have developed the mapping methodology, um, um, and uh, so, you know, I think um, for all of the concerns, we've tried to do the best we can. They had to be compromised, but uh, we believe that this uh, mapping methodology provided us with the uh, best uh, outcome and least impact model.
0: And I also know in-house there's other plans being talked about for, say, rubber station and irrigation, all of that on the cards in the future. But going back to the initial COVID-19 issue and undertaking or drawing in the fact that at the moment Aboriginal people are asset rich and and cash poor it'll never be the same as you said when we come out on the other side Peter what would be your last thoughts or what could you honestly say uh, to people around the country
1: well uh we have to reset the dial now, uh, Sandy. The world will not be the same. Um, we have to... Uh, but we have to look for the better because the old system didn't work. Uh, this is an opportunity. Uh, a significant risk for all of us, but um, the opportunities could be even greater if we put our minds collectively and creatively towards what the system, how the system might work better for us at the moment uh, in resetting the dial. I think there's a lot of... Um, for all the very serious concern, health concerns and risk. There's a lot of positive sides. It's giving us more time to appreciate our families, to reflect on, on those uh, personal relationships. It's about a uh, question of our um, how we work with others in, in our environment. It's about planning for the future. It's about giving some level of detail uh, to how we do that. Uh, it's looking at the collaboration. So you know what we need to do? Uh, my, ways of approaching this. At the moment, obviously, we have to respond amid, to the immediate emergency, uh, look at the lockdown, maintain our operations, ensure that we continue to be viable, develop a strategic response. We need to then reset. We need to then plan in terms of what we see as how the world might change and how our business might change uh, in the future. And then we need to reinvigorate this by the level of what I would call reconstruction uh, you know, implementation of the institutional framework about how we do business uh, and about the kind of new policy framework that uh, sets us uh, in, in a new environment that that, creates, that has a more creative way of uh, interfacing, interacting with change. Um, you know, I've been home, been working on Zoom for the last three weeks uh, and, uh, you know, it's the most I've ever used a computer. I've read a lot about Zoom uh, for the first time and a lot about technology and I've been forced to do that because... Uh, just one minor example, I'm sure, I'm not alone, I'm sure there's hundreds if not thousands of people in the same position. Um, so, um, you know, I think I think um, uh, we really need to be positive about the change, about the opportunity for the Kimberleys. Uh, we need to look at how we can um, become a, a main part, a core part of the future of growth in the economy and how we start to develop a greater self-reliance uh, and ensure that there is ongoing prosperity or reliable prosperity away from that dependence on government. Um, and we need to reset the relationship with the governments as well in terms of how they partner with us in business rather than dominating the area.
0: I just had to have a little chuckle then because the uh, sound effects in the background. Using uh, the computer, will that get you in, in good stead finally for a position you are... are originally supposed to have already started at the Australian National University, filling in for Mick Dodson there whilst he's in the Northern Territory writing up their treaty?
1: Uh, I'm not filling in for Mick. Mick actually resigned two years ago from the position, so it's been vacant for two years. Um, I was approached about 18 months ago for the position, uh, but I could take it on with my commitments here, but I was reapproached about six months ago and I reconsidered it and decided that I would take it. Um, I am starting there on the 1st of July, but obviously I won't be travelling given the uh, travel restrictions. So I'll still be based in Broome, but I'll be starting with the ANU. Um, It's a a new position. It'll be part of the university executive, so um, it's a very uh, senior leadership position at the university. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm already starting to look at what changes I can make to it to make it more effective uh, as uh, as part of part of this executive of a national institution, it's obviously the number one university in in Australia. Um, And so, you know, I've got certain ideas about how I'd like to... um, what uh, direction I'd like to negotiate with the uh, the vice-chancellor and the executive of the university. So it's pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, I'll be based out of Broome, obviously, because of travel for the time being until... um, travel restrictions are lifted and then I'm able to leave, but I intend to still uh, remain uh, involved with the Yara and helping them during this period of time as well.
0: Peter, congratulations. It's always a pleasure and that number one university in Australia has certainly uh, chosen the pick of the crop when it comes to Aboriginal people in the country
1: thank you sandy um so hopefully it doesn't mean when i do take it up that we won't lose contact um all the best for you and the work you're doing i'm happy to continue to chat chat to you on a regular basis if you'd like to uh, continue this during this period of time
0: yes please thank you thanks sandy and thank you for your time
1: best of luck okay
0: you too bye bye peter you from Yamba Buru is the executive uh, director Kind of leaves me with a lump in my throat to think that we're going to lose a, a good man. Not just an intelligent one, but a man with heart, with soul, with spirit that has given this town more than everything he's got over the years. Starting out as a grape digger, would you believe it or not? Wow, that's humble beginnings. How's that to start from to where he is now?